This episode is brought to you by my Book More Birthdays with Ads course. If you would like to book out your birthday calendar for six months and beyond, spend less time and money marketing, and finally see results with strategic Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads, and not those random boosted posts, I created this program just for play-based business owners like you. This program will completely demystify the Facebook and Instagram ads manager and the Google ads manager and give you step-by-step instruction to set up ads that will run in the background of your business, generating a constant flow of leads, sales, and bookings, all with just a few dollars a day in ad spend. To learn more about how my Book More Birthdays with program works and learn more about the bonuses that you can unlock when enrolling, like all my best performing ad copy and creative templates, head to the show notes. The price for this one-of-a-kind program is going up very soon. I'll see you on the inside. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. All right, Playmakers. So in this episode, we are going to talk about running booth space at vendor events and fairs and things like that. Now, there is no doubt that you can spread awareness about your business through participating in these types of vendor events or fairs. I'm not here to tell you that it's going to have no positive impact on your business. However, in this episode, I want to share some of my experiences, explain why I stopped doing vendor events with a few exceptions, and also give you some alternatives. Because in this business, it's all about cost-benefit analysis. Sure, like I said, there will be benefit, but is it enough to justify your very limited time, energy, and resources being spent? Is there another way that you could spread awareness for your business that costs you a lot less time, energy, and resources? Summer is here, and it's the season of fairs, carnivals, vendor events, all that good stuff. And you will be getting approached to purchase booth space if you haven't already. And when I first got started in this industry, especially when we were preparing to open or had just opened... I usually jumped at these opportunities, and let me tell you, they are a lot of work. Sure, on paper, it's a four-hour-long event or something like that, but there's going to be hours of you packing all your stuff in the car, driving to the event, getting ready, setting up, dealing with weather, planning and purchasing activities and crafts and gear and a lead magnet and all that good stuff. It is a lot more work than you think it's going to be before you sign up. I promise you every single time I've done one of these events, not only has it turned into an all-day affair, but it also takes a great deal of planning because I would do my due diligence. I would come prepared with a prize wheel, soft play equipment, a crafter activity, and of course, I would have, like I said, a lead magnet or some way to collect contact information, and take any bookings or payments on an iPad if a chance came up. So 
I did the work to make sure that I was getting the maximum benefit from these events. And every single event I did, I got a little bit better and I refined my strategy and I prepared a little bit more effectively. But I got to tell you, after doing over 15 of these events in my first two years, I can pretty definitively state that I never got a positive return on investment. Sure, the direct cost was never crazy. It was always around three or $400 because the typical price for renting booth space in our area was usually around $250. And then I would purchase some things to give away for free. I might have to rent transportation. I might have to hire help. I might have to purchase pens or activities or, like I said, anything to give away for free. Sometimes I would print coloring sheets. It really depended on the event and what it was for and who would be attending. But like I said, it was usually an all-day thing. And as an introvert, even though it only cost me directly around $400 per event, it took a ton of my mental and physical energy to interact with potential customers all day because, as you guys know, I'm a huge introvert. Once I noticed that I was not getting my desired results from these events, I decided to ask myself a series of questions before ever saying yes to a vendor event again, even if it was free, because like I said, your time is valuable as well. All right, here is a list of seven questions that I literally wrote down on my notepad and used as a filter anytime somebody asked me to participate in one of these things. All right, number one, and this one was pretty easy. Do the event participants align with my ideal customers? So are the people that are going to be attending exactly who I want to participate in my business? Are they people that are ideal for what I offer in my indoor playground in this particular case? So for me, I really looked for events that had a lot of young parents with young children. So babies and infants, because a huge portion of our revenue always came from first and second birthday parties. And I knew that that was my ideal customer avatar. So I had to do a lot of research into what that meant for us. And as you guys know, I had to do a lot of trial and error throughout the years before really honing in on our main source of revenue, which was first and second birthday parties. So Anytime I had somebody approach me, if it was like a summer camp sale or if it was primarily going to be older children there, that was a pretty good indicator that it was just not going to be worth it for me because we very rarely saw a lot of older children in our play area and we certainly didn't get them booked for birthday parties or anything higher ticket that really led to sustainable or substantial revenue in our business. So again, that first filter was, do do the event participants align with my ideal customer avatar? That one was pretty easy. And then number two, how many other vendors will there be? So sometimes there was three other vendors. Sometimes there were 300 other vendors, but the more vendors that were there, the more that I knew I had to really fight for my ideal customer's attention and the more noise I knew there would be for them. It's never going to give you a positive return on investment if 
Your customers are quickly having to move through all of the vendors, again, having a very limited attention span and just being completely overwhelmed with all of the information being thrown at them. So if there was hundreds or even dozens of other vendors, I knew that it would just not be worth it to me to have to fight for attention and fight for their brain space because parents are tired. They're already overwhelmed. Sure, they might say, oh, you know, I'll take a business card or I would love to check out your website or yeah, let me sign up for your email list. But they're going to leave that event being in such a whirlwind that they're not going to remember you and they're going to need to see you in another format or on social media, or they're going to have to take additional steps to really ever become an actual customer. So again, the more vendors there were, the less likely I would be to participate, even if that meant more attendees, because again, from experience, I know that it's just too difficult to fight for that space. All right. And then number three, how long is the event and how expensive is it? So some events were free to participate. Some were thousands of dollars. Like I remember there was a really famous event for expectant parents. And again, that passed the first filter in that that's exactly the person that I wanted to be in touch with as my ideal customer. But it was thousands of dollars. And I just knew that there were more effective ways to reach that potential customer. And that same event had hundreds and hundreds of vendors. And it was like a 12 hour long, two day long event. So it would take the entire weekend. So how long the event was and how expensive it was, was a huge indicator to me of where that event was going to fall on the cost benefit analysis, because more time, more attendees and a higher price point does not necessarily at all mean that you're going to get more benefit for your business. All right, question number four, am I allowed to sell anything or charge for soft play? And does the event take a portion of my sales? So I'm going to give a little caveat here because a lot of people go into these vendor events and they'll bring a soft play setup or they'll bring balloons on a stick or they'll bring snacks or They'll bring like sensory bins or something like that. And they automatically assume that they're going to make back their investment and then some by charging for play or charging for this type of thing. But again, if you're competing with multiple other vendors and if a lot of the activities at the event are free, you're not going to attract the people to your booth that are going to be willing to take out their wallet and pay to play. I was just talking to a business owner recently, and she was fresh off of a vendor event and she wasn't even charging for soft play. She was just having people sign a waiver to protect herself, which you should always do. And even though hundreds and hundreds of people passed by her event, as soon as they heard that they had to sign up for something, or in this case, it wasn't pay, but in some cases it would be pay, even just a couple small dollars, just having to sign a waiver immediately made them grab their kids, walk away from the booth and move on because there were so many other activities for them to do that didn't cost anything, whether that's money or time. So be really aware of this, that sometimes people are just not in the mindset to want to sign up for something or to have to take any steps. So be aware of what the mindset of the attendees will be what other people will be offering if they're going to be charging for anything, because that can have a huge impact on the benefit that you get from the event. So what mindset will the attendees be? 
And that was actually number five. So I kind of did a two for there. But again, are you allowed to sell anything? Do they take a portion of sales? And will people even be in the mindset to sign up for your email list or purchase something? That's really important to consider. And then number six, can I even set up soft play? Sometimes there's not going to be room. Sometimes the actual location doesn't want to take on that liability. So if you are a soft play vendor and you're looking to get more exposure for your business, make sure you ask what size your setup can be, if you can use tents, again, if you can charge or anything like that, because you might be surprised at some of the answers. And you also want to know where your booth is going to be located. I can't tell you how many times I got stuck in like the back of an event and Nobody even made it to my booth because there were so many and the event was so spread out. So you might also want to ask for a map of the event. But again, can you set up soft play? What size will you have? Are there any restrictions about what you can do or hand out or activities you can do? I participated in vendor events where I wasn't even allowed to bring a craft because that's how strict the location was. It's not always necessarily up to the event coordinator. Sometimes it's up to the vendor or the location that they're actually at. So make sure you ask those questions and also ask if they have like a rules document or a frequently asked questions page or something like that. All right. Now this is the last question that I would ask myself. And I have to be honest, after the first six questions, almost zero events would pass the test. And none of them would pass the cost-benefit analysis that was required for me to justify the cost of this event. Again, both direct cost, meaning the money that I actually paid for all of those prizes and the booth space and help if I needed to hire it and things like that. Also, my time and the opportunity cost, because every time you say yes as a business owner to one opportunity like this, you're saying no to reallocating those resources to somewhere else. So after I went through those first six questions, almost zero events passed the test. When I got to question number seven, this is where a few events kind of squeaked through. And I did do a couple more vendor events, even after I completely swore them off after asking myself this question. So I know you're on the edge of your seats, but This question was, does this align with my business values or support an organization that I care deeply about? So when I opened my business, one of my core values, something that I really, really wanted to make sure was at the forefront of my business was that I wanted to positively impact my community. Sure, I wanted to make a living and I wanted to create a legacy and all that good stuff, but I also wanted to create a positive impact, like I said, for my community. So if a vendor event was a not-for-profit or if it, like I said, benefited an organization that I care deeply about that aligns with my business values, sometimes I would say yes, even though I knew I wouldn't directly profit or see a business benefit from the event. So for example, uh, any organization that helped fight children's cancer or spread awareness about autism or anything like that, I might make an exception and I would participate in that event. Again, just because I was deeply passionate about aligning my business with these types of organizations 
And it's just something that I had to come to terms with as a business owner, that sometimes there are exceptions and not everything is always about profit or your bottom line. So does this event align with my business values or support an organization that I care deeply about? All right. Now, as promised, I wanted to give you two different alternatives on how you can better spread awareness for your business without having to participate in these costly and exhausting vendor events that will very likely not result in a positive return on investment for your business. So number one, and this is one of my favorite tips for people that own soft play businesses. So if you don't have soft play equipment set up or anything like that, you can tune tune this one out, skip forward 30 seconds and go to the next one. But even if you don't have soft play set up, this might be a really good idea for you or a really good reason to justify getting into the soft play realm. So one of my favorite tips to give people who are just starting to get that momentum going and get their first dozen or so bookings for soft play or balloon decor or really any mobile event or thing like that is to approach any local businesses in the area that have like 20 or more employees and who you know will be doing events for their staff this summer. Because while the summer is the season for free events and fairs and carnivals and vendor events in your community, it's also the season for corporate picnics and employee appreciation events and family picnics for schools and things like that. So what I would do is I would make a list of all of the schools, daycares, preschools, organizations, things like that, that you know have these types of events. Or you can even contact lodges and see what corporations have rented their space out. Or you can just ask them if they if you can be a preferred vendor for these types of events and make recommendations for people who book that space in the future. So what I would do is make a list of these organizations and things like that. And I would contact their HR person or if they have a corporate event planner or anything like that and approach them with your services and say, hey, if you're going to be having families at this event, I think they could greatly benefit from having a soft play setup or from having a photo backdrop with balloons or something like that. Give them a menu and invite them to book your services because as somebody that used to work in corporate event planning and wedding planning, I promise you these businesses have a budget for things like that. They want to hire entertainment. And if you approach them with your services, they're going to be grateful that they don't have to do the research on their own. They might really appreciate being offered the chance to book this type of service. So, you know, charge your full price or even more because it's going to be a corporate event. And like I said, it's a lot easier to get those higher ticket sales from corporations and businesses than individual families or individual customers and kind of use it as a vendor event. So you obviously don't want to be rude, but have them sign a waiver, all of the participants, I mean bring pens or free gear or an activity or something like that, anything that's approved by that event. And this is going to give you a much better return on your investment. First of all, because you're not paying to be there. You're getting paid to be there. Second of all, people are likely going to be in a much different mindset than if they were at a free vendor event with 50 different vendors. They're going to be a much in a much different mindset to actually want to learn more about your business or take a business card. 
they're going to see what it's like to have your soft play set up or have your balloon decor at a private event. It's going to give them a much better apples to apples comparison, and it's going to allow them to really envision what it would be like if they hired you for their next party or their next block party or something like that. So not only are you going to start, start off with a positive return on investment because you're charging for the event, but you're also going to result in much more sales, much more bookings, much more qualified buyers than if you were to set up at a free vendor event. And when I say free, I mean free for participants. So people that are actually coming to view the vendors at these events. So that is option number one, contact all of the schools, daycares, corporations, and offer your services for their summer happenings or their summer picnics, whatever it may be. (laughs) And then option number two is you probably saw this one coming, but take that $400 that you likely would have spent on this vendor event and use it on Facebook and Instagram ads. With that $400, if you're if your ads are performing around industry standard, you can get up to 20,000 or 40,000 video views. Based on my experience working with a lot of people in this industry, it just costs one to two cents for somebody to watch five to 10 seconds of your video or more. So at least five to 10 seconds. So in this situation, I would much rather have 20 to 40,000 local families who fit in your ideal customer avatar range. I would much rather spend that $400 on being able to harness 20,000 to 40,000 video views who you can now retarget with other ads, who you can now ask to sign up for your mailing list or visit your website. Or you could take that $400 and issue a traffic ad in which you could expect 400 or more website visitors that are going to result in a lot more sales than 400 people walking up to your booth and asking to learn more about your business. Because somebody that's visiting your website on their phone or on their desktop are going to be in a much better mindset to actually make a purchase or make a booking. Their mind is going to be a lot quieter and they're going to be able to actually read more about your options and dedicate that time and energy to deciding whether or not your parties or your camps or your classes are actually going to be a good fit for their family. And they're going to be a lot less overwhelmed, which like I said, is going to result in a lot more sales and a much bigger return on investment for your business. So again, two alternatives, contact all your corporations and schools in your area and actually charge to set up at their events or take that money and instead Use Facebook and Instagram ads to get a much better return on your investment. So use those seven questions that I talked about in this episode as a filter to make sure that you are protecting your precious time, energy, and resources. And recognize that as a business owner, you just can't say yes to every opportunity. You need to be able to do this cost-benefit analysis with both your direct, so actual money that these events cost you, and your opportunity costs. Because every time you say yes to an event like this, that likely means you're saying no to something else that may have had a much bigger impact on your bottom line. All right, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. 
If you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the show, the best way you can show support is to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. And if those alternatives sounded good to you, I want to invite you to join my Book More Birthdays with Facebook and Instagram ads course. I'm going to walk you through step by step by step exactly how you can execute these Facebook and Instagram ad strategies for your business. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram or send me an email. I am here to help. All right. Have a great weekend, playmakers. Playmakers.